This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. It's Minnesota week. It's time to sink that boat. We'll get to that game in just a bit. But first, we need to talk about the Northwestern game. Nebraska got the win with the last second field goal to go ahead 13-10. Derek, was this a good win? Absolutely. Why wouldn't it be? We've lost three of the last four of these guys. We found a way to win. It wasn't pretty. Sure. Uh, I'm starting to think that maybe I underestimated Northwestern's defense a little bit as they've shut down the last two teams they played, and one of them was Wisconsin, who I dare anybody tell me their offense isn't good. Uh, you know, so maybe their defense is better than I gave them credit for last week. Well, I mean, part part of it has to do with Nebraska, too. We did not look crisp on the offense, too. So part of it's on Nebraska as well. But, I mean, they shut down the run well. They uh, Their front seven was good. Their secondary, eh, whatever. I think they were average. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, anytime I think you come out with a win in your division is probably a good thing. And definitely against a, a, a scrappy team like Northwestern, it always hangs around. Justin, you and I talked about that last week when Tyler was sitting here kind of saying that Northwestern shouldn't be able to hang with us. And we said, you know, they do this every year. So I, I think everybody just needs to be happy with the win, yes. And yet you picked 56-7 to seven for your score prediction. <laughs> Tyler, what do you think? Is it a good win? You know, I, 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 I'm probably in between it's a good win and, oh, my God, hit the panic button. You know, I, I think, you know, our defense did what our defense should have done. They were without Hunter Johnson in that game. Their starting left tackle was injured. Um their offense all year has been rough. Our defense did exactly what I expected them to do in that circumstance. Um, on the flip side, our offense is, is a big red flag. And so, you know, you, you talk about us winning that game. And Derek, you're right. Anytime you win a game in the division, it's, it's probably a good thing. Beating a team like Northwestern, that's a really well-coached team is a good thing. But I'll be honest, it came down to a fluky field goal that – replay that thing five times it's probably blocked four out of five the way he kicked that ball um i mean it, it was a very fluky moment and you know i'll be honest i i don't know if we would have won if that game went in overtime i i really don't and so you know i think our offense there, there are some pretty big red flags right now um but can, can we just lay to rest that one of these big red flags is adrian martinez when he's playing like can we just end that discussion because I'm so sick and tired of Adrian being blamed for every thing that goes wrong with this offense. Well, you talk about all these red flags on offense, but you know, you played the whole second half without your best wide receiver. You played the whole fourth quarter without your starting quarterback. Your starting tight end got hurt in the fourth quarter, so he wasn't helpful. Uh, you know, the offensive line continues to, to struggle. That's that's the one place I'll give you. There's red flags all over that offensive line, especially at center. And I know we're going to talk about that probably anyway. But, you, you know, I, offensive line right now is my biggest concern. As far as the rest of the offense goes, I 
You know, Wondell Robinson didn't play for the first whole, whole first half. When they brought him in the second half, I thought the play calling for him was absolutely atrocious. You ran him five times. Every time you ran him, you ran him through the tackles. That's not what that guy does. Everybody knows it. So why are you trying to run him through the tackles? That's not where he's good. I, I so, think you mean Maurice Washington yes, I'm on sorry. that one. I'm sorry. Wondell Robinson. Woo! That boy had a good game. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. I was talking about Maurice Washington. What Rondell Robinson is the stud of this team right now. Like, especially if uh, JD Spielman can't come back and be as healthy and as efficient as he normally is. Uh, we need we need Maurice Washington. We need him healthy. We need him back in. We need Adrian Martinez healthy. We need him back in. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a tough it was a tough fought game. I. Again, I thought their defense played admirably. I think they don't get enough credit for what they did either. Well, Lamar Jackson, he definitely saved the day on that final drive from Northwestern. Uh, it just had the feeling that Northwestern was going to drive that field and kick a field goal to win it. To me, that's exactly the way it felt. And for Lamar Jackson to get that pick, you know, huge, huge on him. We drive the field and, you know, we. You talked about the fluky kick where it got through somehow. I thought the damn thing was blocked uh, when I saw it live. But Derek, you know, Tyler brought up something a little bit interesting here. Uh, he said he didn't feel like Nebraska could win it in overtime. Did you have the same feelings uh, headed into the late in the fourth quarter? Not necessarily. Uh, I, I thought I thought Vedral did a fine job moving the offense in the fourth quarter. I, there were some people I know that kind of stated that they thought he was better than Martinez. Stats don't prove that. I, maybe he looked good doing it. I, I don't think what you want, I guess. But I think he did a fine job moving the offense. So I think our offense was still going to be able to move some. Our defense was holding them pretty well. It was going to come down to kicking, and I exactly. I, I don't know if I'm confident with that. But I'll say this: their kicker was just as bad as ours was. Because he missed one down at the other end of the end zone. Justin, you were talking about maybe they were going to drive down and kick a field goal to win it. But did you really have faith? You already missed one at that end of the end zone to begin with. One that he wasn't even close on. And it wasn't a long field goal. It was a chip shot as well. So I, at that point, it was kind of like, eh. <laughs> I don't really know that I had any faith in either one of those two kickers to try to win a game. Yeah, it just, it just kind of, to me, it seemed like this is a game where we need to end it in regulation because uh, I, I didn't like our chances in uh, overtime. Uh, we've already talked a little bit, little bit about the offense, but Tyler, what did you think about the offense in this game? Well, you know, I kind of already hit it. I think Adrian played a pretty good game. You, you take away a few, uh, pretty uh, three-drop passes, you know, he, he puts forth one of his better games of the season. You know, I, I think there there is major concern. We had seven three and outs. And, you know, I think you can look at a lot of reasons, but it starts up front. And and I've hammered this offensive line and hammered this offensive line. And we've all hammered Cam Jurgens about his snapping and, and all that's right. But I'm gonna I rewatched this game. Another thing that stuck out that hasn't all year, our receivers sucked at blocking this week. We couldn't hold the perimeter to save our lives. So, you know, you add that we can't block. I mean, no wonder our running game wasn't that great. Um, it, you know, again, when you, you you can't have seven three and outs, and, and there's a lot of reasons why that happened. I just want to throw one more stat at you and then pass it on. 
I we had ten plays of third down or five or more. Ten plays in the game where it was third and five or more. We ran the ball seven of those ten times. Wow. I, I don't understand like what these coaches are doing with when they're in third and long, but they have completely has shown no faith in our wide receivers or Adrian Martinez. Uh I don't I it was unlike anything I've ever seen. So, yeah, I mean, I maybe because they busted the first one with Wondell Robinson's long touchdown run, they kept going back to it. But just just weird play calling in that situation. Tyler, in, that, in, in those stats where they were uh, running the ball on uh, third and long, essentially, how many of those were quarterback runs? Do you have that stat available? No, and, and, and there were at least two um, of Adrian Martinez holding on to the ball. And, and were those design runs or ones that he ended up keeping it? That that's a fair question on that stat. Um, but honestly, I can't always tell what the design of those plays are. Like <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, some of those runs that he keeps it on. I mean, God, there was that play in the first quarter, third and four. It looked easy to throw it on. I mean, I I don't completely understand some of his decision making anyway. So, but no, there, there were a couple of quarterback keepers on that. But there was a Maurice Washington draw. There was a Wondell Robinson draw and Wyatt Missouri draw. Pretty much everyone got a chance to run the ball on third and long. Well, I, I, I don't, think it, I don't think it helps, though, when you do throw the ball on third down and you throw it right into J.D. Spielman's gut and he drops it. And that was on the first pass that he threw all day. It was on a third down. That ended up being a first three and out right there. Uh, there was another one where Austin Allen dropped the ball. You talked about the, the, the drop passes. You know, uh, Wondell, uh, Wondell Robinson dropped an easy touchdown pass. It was on second down. And then the next next one was a screen pass over to him. That I, It was a bad pass, and it kind of turned Wondell Robinson around, but I think he went through the wrong hole because he tried to go to the outside, and there was two blockers on his inside that he had a lot of green. But I think getting turned around, I think it screwed him up. So I, I'll put that on Martinez, but... So some of it wasn't on Martinez. Like I mean, you just you got to catch the ball, especially on that Austin. Austin Allen. Austin Allen had a terrible drop. Oh, it, you know, I, I I joked with Tyler earlier. If he hadn't caught, if he hadn't hit the ball with his hands and hit him in the jock strap, like that's a catchable ball. Huh. Uh, you look at JD Spielman so, that first pass. You look at his. It's right in the bread basket, and he cut him in stride. It wasn't like he had to slow down. He didn't have to turn around. He just dropped it. Wondell Robinson, same thing. It was a perfect pass right in the numbers, and he just dropped it because he, he he turned his head to look at the end zone. He got ahead of himself. Freshman mistake. I understand that. But if if Adrian Martinez completes those three passes, you're looking at an 80% passing day for him. I, I think that shuts a lot of the critics up if those, three, if those receivers catch those three passes, for one. For two, I... I kind of think the uh, the staff needs to start passing a little more. Like I'm not, I'm usually more of the run the ball guy, but I mean, you only gave them 20 attempts all game. I, it wasn't like they were shutting down the pass that well. I thought we did a pretty good job. There was a couple reads that Vedral missed, in, uh, or at least one that Vedral missed and one that Martinez missed, where Mike Williams was wide open in the middle of the field. Both times they ended up throwing to Jack Stoll. Jack Stoll caught the first one, took a hard hit. And then when Vedral threw it to him, he took the hard hit and ended up getting hurt, and he ended up dropping the pass. But if you look five yards behind him both, both times, if you look five yards behind Jack Stoll, Mike Williams is wide open down in the middle of the hash marks with nobody around him both times. So both quarterbacks missed a pass there. 
Well, so I got it. So we talked about being critical. We, Derek and I both have a person that I, I believe is going to be critical of Adrian Martinez is Justin. Because I made a comment. Justin missed the first part of the game, and I made a comment that Adrian had a good game when he played the first, a good first half. And Justin was like, what the hell are you talking about? So defend your take, Justin. Like, so, what did you see from Adrian that you did not like? So when I made that comment to you last night, that was through the in the uh, end of the first quarter. I didn't think he played. He did anything special in that first quarter. He it looked like average quarterback play. Now it did get better in that second quarter and obviously the third quarter. But that first quarter, when I sent out that message, it did it did not. It looked average quarterback play. He didn't look any. He didn't look great by no means. So that's all I was saying. That that wasn't throughout the entire game. That was just okay. that one quarter. You, you, you know, and, and again, I think Adrian's gotten a lot of hate because of his running. We all got to remember, this guy still leads the team in rushing yards. Like, I, I get that we all want him to be a Heisman winner at this point. We all want him to be that guy. He wants to be that guy. You know, if the season ended today, he would be fifth. He'd have the fifth most yards per game of any quarterback since Frank Solich was fired. Okay, the, including one person ahead of him would be himself. Okay, and that's with I didn't take out the Ohio State game. If you take out the Ohio State game, he's third. Like I again, this guy is getting crushed so badly. And and if I told Derek this, guys, if Adrian Martinez was our biggest problem. I think we'd be undefeated right now. Like, oh, absolutely. It, it, I mean, if, if his play was the worst thing we had to worry about, but it, it's there is nothing else about this offense, with the exception of Rond, uh, Wanda Robinson, that excites me right now. Nothing. You're right. You're exactly right. Derek? Well, you, you know, I, I also hear a lot of people bashing. You know, Tyler wants to talk about the bashing of Adrian Martinez. And I see a lot of people on Twitter kind of really pumping up Noah Vedrill like he was the better of the two quarterbacks. Uh, the dude was two for five, throwing 40% of his passes. I'm not trying to hammer on the kid. I think, he, I think like I said, I said it earlier, I think he moved the ball admirably. I think he did a good job for the spot he was put in. Uh, but look, in the, in the third quarter, which we all complained about, we had 99 yards in total offense in the, in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, we only had 72, and 32 of those came on the on the Wandell Robinson pass that set up the field goal, the fluky field goal. Uh, I, I, again, I'm not trying to hammer Vedral. I, I think he does a good job, but for everybody who thinks he's better than Martinez, I pump the brakes, man. He is he's the favorite. He's the favorite quarterback because he's sitting on the bench just like every other year when I when you see a quarterback struggle a little bit. Hey Derek, I just wanted to add when you're throwing out those uh, those quarterly offensive numbers in the first quarter, Nebraska only had uh, well, I guess Nebraska had 85 yards total offense there. I mean, not a lot of yards to be gained in this game. Hey, I want to ask you guys about Ramir Johnson here. Uh, well, be, be, Ramir hold on, Johnson, before you move on to Ramir what? Johnson, I just want to put this out there. I I talked about Northwestern's defense, and I talked about what they how they held uh, Wisconsin, and now. I'm going to ask you guys this. Would you honestly be surprised if I told you we had more rushing yards than Wisconsin did against Northwestern? Because we did. We we had three more yards rushing, which I get it's only three yards. But we also had 40 yards passing more than Wisconsin did. Our offense scored 13 points compared to Wisconsin's 10 points. Uh, 
you you could argue our offense looked a lot better again. Maybe not a lot, but it looked slightly better than Wisconsin's did against Northwestern. So for everybody that thinks that this just our offense is just terrible, I mean maybe maybe Northwestern's defense is like again better than I gave them credit for last year. Yeah, pretty good. They are definitely good defense. But back to Ramirez Johnson. Was that a waste of a game to put Ramirez Johnson in? I, I would say, yeah. I mean, I think Frost even alluded to that. I mean, he you know he made a comment about McCaffrey and you know Ramirez in his press conference on Monday, and he, and he was talking more about McCaffrey about how McCaffrey got in for one game and how that was kind of a blow. But you know, guys, I, I'm just I'm gonna say it. I I'm not buying this Ramirez Johnson hype. I I mean, you could talk about the four games, and I think the way they utilized him probably isn't worth it. Um, I I mean, I I think I'm not buying that if if games are coming down the Ramirez Johnson playing, we're going to win a lot of those games. No, Derek, I I didn't even realize Ramirez Johnson got in the game. I guess I knew I knew Luke McCaffrey had. Uh, I kind of hated seeing him burn a game, but again, what other three games were we going to see him play? I mean, well, that's it. That's the thing right there. Not a lot out there. I guess in a sense, it was nice to see him on the field. I kind of wish they'd have drawn up something a little bit better in a quarterback draw for him. But I love that play call for him. Yeah, I thought, I mean, that's what you want that kid to do is run it. So, are we going to talk about the black shirts? Yeah, briefly. Let's 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 talk about it real quick. Go ahead. So I, I, you know, again, I said I think the defense did what they were supposed to do. They they played overall a really well, good game, you know. But they did miss a couple opportunities. I think it took them a while to adjust to the read option, and I don't know what it is about Northwestern quarterbacks running that slow ass read option that our outside backers have never learned how to defend. Um, it, it's funny, but you know, fourth quarter we played better. But did you guys know that we caused two fumbles in that game? And one of which was by Cam Taylor Britt, who yep. now leads the country in forced fumbles. Here's the problem with that. Our offense fumbles the ball all the time. You can't tell me they don't do it in practice. Our defense ought to be better at recovering the damn ball once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- this game comes down to me, a-, a game of missed opportunities. You know, we had two balls hit the ground, and both of them were pretty able for us to recover. We had two times inside the red zone. And the, you know, besides the last field goal that we settled for field goals, went one for two. I, I'm, I'm, both of those, even though we made that first one, were bad calls. Fourth and short, I don't want to see us ever kick a field goal. We run a play and we cannot get inside the red zone on a fourth and two and kick a field goal. It's stupid. The, the, the odds are against us. Seems like it. It seems like Derek it, but disagrees. at some point you gotta get these guys in there. Like, why? Because I always like to build his damn confidence so he can start kicking better. Dude, practice. I you mean, you can't uh, gain uh, confidence Derek, in practice. Don't give me that shit. Nobody gains confidence by kicking field goals with no defense on them. Derek, you talked about um, you know how good Northwestern's defense was, and we're going back there. We had three drives in the game over fifty yards. Okay. They had one drive over 50 yards. With that said, every one of those drives, the, the, those three drives, we got in the red zone, okay? In two of those, we end up settling for field goals. And all those were short 
times. I, I just think the way we are moving the ball with the three and outs, we needed to play a little bit more aggressive. I Again, I think that if we can't get two yards on a design play, then Frost has got some issues. And okay. I, I believe we, we could have. Well, okay, you, you want to talk about Northwestern's offense and how good our defense played. But let's not forget, and I, and I looked this up, Justin, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you know who the two bottom teams are for scoring the offense? For scoring offense? For scoring offense. Number 129 and 130. Northwestern and South Alabama. Think think Big Ten. Is it Rutgers? Yes. That is the bottom two feeders of the Big Ten in scoring offense. Like Not just in the Big Ten, in the country. That's a, that's a terrible to me that Big Ten teams. I know Big Ten's always been kind of known for defensive games, but come on. I mean, Northwestern was averaging before last game, they were averaging four, uh, 15 points a game. Now they're averaging 14.4. Rutgers is only averaging 14.2 points a game, which I, I get it. None of us had any hope for Rutgers to begin with, but geez, man, can't somebody score at least a little bit? Well, at least we got the win. We got the win. It wasn't pretty at all, but it still goes down as a W in the win column. So, it, 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 I'm sorry. I just go. I, I know we kind of briefly hit this. Let's just give one last shout out. Let's one last sip of whiskey to Wandell Robinson, because that oh, yeah. dude, like, I mean, who ever thought about red shirting him? I mean, they should be punched <laughs> in the nuts. Hey, when he had 40 yards through two games, it seemed like a better idea. Hey. But 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 seriously, we we all wanted him to be Rondell Moore. Is he Rondell Moore at this point? I would say no. But my God, I mean, this guy, I I, he is looking like he is the real deal right now. Well, without and, him, we don't have an offense. I mean, we don't. I mean, and and that's the other thing. And and again, I I am critical of this offensive performance. But Derek, you hit on this when Mo Washington was virtually unavailable. J.D. Spielman was out a half, and Adrian Martinez was out a quarter. I mean, you lost three of your four offensive players that are worth a shit, and you still win the game. I, I mean, that that is something. Yep. All right, well, before we move on to the Minnesota preview, let's take a quick time out to hear from another great Big Heads Media podcast. In a world where digital content barrels towards us at relentless breakneck speeds, where posts and memes and tweets and snaps rain down a punishing assault of attention-grabbing data, three heroic podcasters with a strong background in broadcast media are taking on the internet. Each week, we break down the trends, technology, and connections that are transforming our lives. We are Things I Found Online. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. All right, let's take a look at this Minnesota team. 25th in the coaches' poll, 5-0 record. The Huskers will go on the road as 7.5-point underdogs for a night game that is projected to be in the 30s and possible snow. It's going to be a cold game. Uh, what's the breakdown on Minnesota, Derek? Well, you know, they have uh, one of the most efficient offenses passing the ball. Tanner Morgan, uh, they're, they're number four in the country in pass efficiency. He's done a good job. They have a trio of wide receivers that are probably honestly maybe the best in the Big Ten with the exception of maybe Ohio State. Uh, These guys can pass the ball well. They don't run the ball overly well, 
but they're going to pass the ball on you. And they're, I, it's going to come down to can our secondary shut them down? We shut down Northwestern, sure, but Northwestern was never going to be a, a big passing attack on you. So this game is going to come down to defense stopping the pass again. I, I, it scares me a little bit after seeing what North what Ohio State did with with good wide receivers. Tyler, what can you add? Well, I think you know Derek hit on the wide receivers. I mean, they got a trio that. I mean, th- this is the best team for wide receivers that we're going to play for the rest of the year. Um, you know, Rashawn Bateman, who was in a cast today. I don't know what that means. But he was in a cast, and Tyler Johnson are two really great wide receivers. Um, Tanner Morgan is definitely very efficient. Um, you know, I think the the question with Minnesota you've got to ask yourself is, what do you make of their record so far? I mean, their strength of schedule thus far is one of the worst in the country. Um, and and are you saying, hey, you're five and zero? Oh, that's great. Are you saying? Yeah, you're five and zero, oh, and four of those victories were by one possession, and that's what you're really asking yourself about when you're trying to read into this Minnesota team. That's that's fair. I mean, they haven't beat anybody uh, with a great record or even a winning record. Their best win might be South Dakota State. Well, I mean, it, 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 just to add on to, I, I talked about how good their passing game was, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say it's not because it appears to be. But I will say the best defense they've faced so far is Fresno State, who's ranked 79th in the country right now in pass defense. Uh, the next best is Illinois. Uh, the, other, the other two are 103 and 117 in the country. So they face some of the worst defenses in the country when it comes to pass defense. So, I yes, their, their pass offense looks really good, but they haven't been tested really yet either. Uh, but again, I've seen Nebraska's pass defense struggle at times, so it still worries me. But I, I do think this is probably the best pass defense they will have faced. It, it, it probably is. But again, trade the schedule. At this point in the season, Nebraska's 32nd in the country. Minnesota's 54th. Um, I mean, the only team in the Big Ten that has a worse strength of schedule thus far is Illinois. I mean, they, they, again, they they have not been tested. Uh, if this game was a week ago and I didn't just see what Minnesota did to Illinois, I think I'd be like, this is not a tough game. The problem is they really shut down Illinois and they really beat them up. But if you look at that game a little bit more, okay, Brandon Peters got injured first half. Okay, the starting quarterback out. I know he's not an All-American. He's not winning a Heisman anytime soon. The starting quarterback gets knocked out. They give Cor- Corbin... What they're arguably their best offensive weapon, only four carries in the second half in a game that was in halftime a one possession game. I, I just I think that you look at that and you say Illinois did a lot of things to lose that game, but Minnesota exploited on it and, and they made some big plays and you know I, I think is gonna be up to Nebraska to really rebound and show that we're not Illinois. Didn't Corbin get hurt in that game? Didn't he get dinged up? I, I didn't finish watching it, so... Okay. It was on during the Nebraska game, so I really didn't watch much of any of it. Uh, I, w- I will say this. I've heard some people try to compare Nebraska and Minnesota because of the common game of Illinois, and everybody wants to look at the score and go, well, you know, Minnesota beat them 40-17. to 17. Nebraska struggled to win 42-38. to 38. And that's fair. 
But when you look at the stats of this game, of the, between the two games, Nebraska had 674 yards against Illinois' defense. Minnesota only had 487. They had 155 yards rushing, passing. Nebraska had 328. Uh, running was 332 to 346. Nebraska really, if you take those four turnovers away where we gave them 21 points, this all of a sudden becomes a similar game where it looks like Nebraska beat them just as bad as Minnesota did. Unfortunately, you can't take those turnovers away. So that's where I, where I think this game is going to come down to is can our offense continue to do like they did against Northwestern and not turn the ball over? Because if you can not turn the ball over, I think you have a really good chance of winning this game. Well, it goes back to offensive efficiency. We're just not an efficient offense. I mean, we're – we're giving away the ball. When we do turn over, it, you know, it's bad. The, uh, uh, we have so many offensive problems with, you know, penalties. They're killing drives. Play selection. Sometimes the coaches just take us out of the drives. Uh, the play breaks. I mean, there's just, we're just not efficient. We rack up a lot of yards. But how, many, how often are we missing? We're not getting into the end zone or even getting points out of a lot of those drives. That's where Nebraska really hurts, finishing off drives with any points whatsoever. And I think it's it's probably going to continue here, guys. I, really I'm not is. sure that it is. I don't think Minnesota's defense is near as good as the last two that we've just faced, and that's where our struggles have been. We scored fine against all the other teams we played. It was just the last two games where we've really struggled to score. Well, you talk about the the scoring thing. So we are terrible in the country. We are 123rd in red zone offense. And a lot of that's on our kickers. But you know what? The, the Minnesota defense has not prevented a score in the red zone one time this year. Not once. If you get in the really? red zone on Minnesota, you score. Hmm. So it, it's, it's the question is, is what happens when we get to the red zone? Do we elect a kick and put up the 50-50 chance? Do we go for it? I mean, and again, I'm not saying you go for every time you're in the red zone, but my God, I went this up with Northwestern. If it's fourth and two, I'm going for it 100% of the time if I if I am Scott Frost at this point, until proven otherwise. <laughs> go ahead, Derek. I. It's hard to argue. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Our kickers have struggled. Until we get Barrett Pickering back and healthy, I don't know what you do about it. Uh, maybe you get Dylan Jorgensen back, but hell, I haven't even heard his name since he went out. So I don't know what's going on with him either. Uh, I'm really hoping that maybe going two for three on field goals really gave this kid some confidence. I, I know it was a fluky kick, but sometimes even the fluky ones can give a kid a little more confidence. So maybe maybe it comes down to where maybe he starts kicking better, but if it, if it, if it's coming down to field goal kicking, I think we're in trouble because I think Minnesota will have the win if it's coming down to who's got the better kicker. So what's Nebraska going to have to do to win this game? Turnovers obviously don't turn it over. What else, Derek? Uh, penalties. You mentioned penalties. Can we not get the penalties and? While we're on that subject, can we talk about how shitty the Big Ten officials have been this year? Like, I'm not even just talking just Nebraska games. I'm talking about the Big Ten as a whole. That Michigan-Iowa game, there were pass interferences that were missed. There were holding calls that were missed. The Nebraska game, there was a friggin' 
uh, false start that was missed. There was an offsides that was called false start on Nebraska. There was a missed pass interference on Nebraska that was missed towards when Lamar Jackson hit the got the interception. Uh, and there's been several other games. It's just it's not. I, I can't believe that our conference has the worst officials in the country, but it appears that they are at this point. I think a lot of fan bases say that about officials, though. I, no, I, I'm not. Like again, I'm not talking about just Nebraska. I'm, I'm talking about all the games. No, I know, I know. Uh, There's just a lot else. of missed calls. So, so the question is, what can we do to win this game? Yeah, what do we have to do to win this game? Well, I mean, I think if uh, what whatever we need to do to get healthy would be a really good start. Um, you know, right now, as many of you know. The status of J.D. Spielman and Adrian Martinez are both up in the air. Mo Washington was suspended the second, uh, the first half of that game. If his head is right, if his head is right, that may have been a blessing because he has been banged up. He essentially got a week off, and if he was, if his head's right, that could be a blessing. But I mean, we we are banged up. We really needed a bye week. Guys, we really need a bye week before this game. Um, I think that is a huge component of that. PJ Fleck talked about in his press conference. You know, he is expecting Angel Martinez not to play, and he is expecting Scott Frost to play both McCaffrey and Vedrill. Interesting. That'd be cool. That'd be cool to see uh, McCaffrey out there. It would be okay. My concern is, and I talked to Tyler about this earlier, but you know. How does Scott Frost handle handle it if he doesn't have Adrian Martinez? Is he going to play conservatively like he did against uh, Troy last year with with Bunchy, or is he going to try and play his normal offense with Vedral in there? Because if he plays conservative with with Vedral in there because he's worried about not having Martinez, we're probably losing this game. Well, so this is going to be a, a cold weather game, as I mentioned earlier. How do you think weather's going to impact this game, Tyler? Well, you, you you look at what you know Nebraska wants to do. Obviously, the fast pace doesn't always correspond to the cold weather. Um, you know, with that said, you look at kind of what these teams do. Minnesota does a really nice job of throwing the ball. Um, I you know without Adrian Martinez and the fact that we might be a little bit more run heavy in that instance. I don't know if that's a bad thing that maybe it's a little bit cold. Maybe the wind's up a little bit. You know, you, you, if we're not going to be able to throw the ball without JD and Adrian, man, maybe it's not a bad thing if that's a little bit of an equalizer and you take uh, Tyler Johnson out of the game because of the weather. I, I it, it will be interesting. I mean, again, even though this is a Scott Frost offense and it doesn't like the cold, this is still a Nebraska team. We'll be okay going to the cold weather. They're, these guys aren't powder puffs over there. Uh, Derek? Well, Scott Frost is 1-0 in the snow, so let's make it 2-0, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it, obviously it can affect the ball. It, what scares me, Tyler, you talk about running the ball, but if the ball's wet, are we going to start coughing it up more? Uh, I mean, the same could be said for, for Minnesota, but Nebraska's the one that struggled with that more so than Minnesota. So I, if the ball's wet, I would be a little concerned about coughing the ball up. This is what scares me about the whole cold-weather situation. That ball gets cold, it gets a little bit slick, snapping the ball. 
Cam Jurgens, he's already getting a bad rap for all of his snaps. And in cold weather, if Scott Frost chooses to start him, you know, you got Matt Farniak out there kind of saying what the hell, you know, with uh, talking uh, smack about the snaps. But if Cam Jurgens, this is a game where he could have a lot of bad snaps. And if Adrian Martinez, who hasn't been catching all of his erratic snaps, playing catcher for him all year long, and we got a new quarterback out there, just like what we saw there in the fourth quarter against uh, Northwestern, you know, ball gets past uh, Vedral. The same thing. We could see a lot of this, guys, especially in that cold weather. If it's and you know, if it's a little wet out there too, Cam Jurgens, he's the one that scares me the most playing in this weather. So they're gonna have to figure something out about center. I mean, you know, Cam Jurgens, I feel bad for the guy. He was recruited as a tight end. He's put in an impossible situation to go out there and play center, and he's catching a bad rap by you know fans and us, you know, podcasters, people on radio, whatever. You know, it's I feel bad for him, but my God, the snaps are terrible. Tyler, well, you hope it gets better. I mean, it, the, the Scott Frost is going to have a decision to make. If the snaps don't get better, I I I don't know how you keep him out there. But you guys talk about ball security, and you're right. We can't. We fumble the ball. We're 126 in the country in fumbles lost. But let's be careful. Minnesota is 116th in the country in fumbles lost. They're not exactly holding on to the football either. So I, again, I I think that that fumble piece is a little bit overstated. Um, you know, and I I do think that you know it. it we got to control the ball. We got to do it. I mean, turnovers are key. I mean, especially if we're not, and I get, I'm not certain we're not going to, we're going to be without JD and Adrian, but well, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, Saturday. All right, Derek, how do you envision this game playing out? Oh, you know, I, I, I see it being a sloppy game. If the weather holds up the way everybody's saying it is, I envision it being a sloppy game. Uh, I'm hoping Nebraska come out with the win, but this will be, this will be a tough game. I, I think they're. I think Northwestern's probably slightly better than Northwestern. I, defensively, maybe not as much, but they definitely have a lot better offense than Northwestern does. And so it's gonna. It's gonna. It hopefully comes down to a defensive battle, and hopefully Nebraska's defense can hold strong like they did against Northwestern. Tyler, well, you look at what Minnesota does on offense. I mean. They, they are very much an RPO, play-action type team. You know, Tanner Morgan's a great quarterback. You know, he, he's probably not the most mobile guy in the world. Um, but he, he can move. He can move a little bit. Um, you know, if, if our defense is, you know, especially that linebacker core, if they're disciplined, I think that could take away a lot of what Minnesota likes to do and the advantages they get. You know, I think a team like Nebraska who likes to do man should favor better. Uh, against a team that likes to do a lot of play action and RPO. So I think that matches up well for us. So I think our defense is going to give up a few points, but I don't see them getting trounced. I, I think the, the, the million-dollar question is, what do you expect from this offense? Do you expect the offense that played against Illinois, Colorado, you know, Northern Illinois, or do you expect the offense that showed up against Northwestern, South Alabama, Ohio State? Yeah. I mean, that's the question. 50-50 offense right there. Looked good in three games. Looked like shit in three games. Derek? Uh, Tyler, you brought up the linebackers. And I just want to bring this up a little bit. 
Uh, and this this was partly on me because I think I had Alex Davis as one of our most improved players on defense. I am pumping my brakes on it. You you realize that guy has like he's he's leading our team or tied for leading our team with quarterback hurries has zero sacks has two tackles for loss. That guy's really good about getting back in the backfield, but he sucks at tackling in the backfield. Well, and he should have opportunities. Tanner Morgan's been sacked sixteen times. I mean, you know, Minnesota's given up pressure to the guy. And you're right, Derek. It's, it's not just him. I mean, Sullivan had a really good rush on Saturday, got to the quarterback, missed him. I mean, we, we've got to – I mean, we we have – I just want to see a game, and we're not going to be perfect, but, God, I want to see a game when we, we are in these positions, we actually convert a lot more than we have been. It just seems like we've missed a lot of sacks in that backfield. And and I really want to see the game where we get there, get that pressure, and actually convert it. You know, as I take a look at this game, we're going to get to score predictions here in a little bit. But with our offensive struggles, and uh, Minnesota, they do enough on defense just to frustrate Nebraska. They'll do enough on defense to frustrate Nebraska's offense is what I think. And so it's going to be essential for Nebraska to take advantage of the big plays. This could be a game that will be decided by the big plays. I don't know how many sustained drives. We had three drives against Northwestern over 50 yards. That may be what we have here against Minnesota as well. I'm not saying that their their, uh, offense or their defense is better than Northwestern, but in the elements, in the, the cold weather, and if God, if it's if it's snowy, wet, I think this game is going to be decided by the big plays. Uh, but Dirk, yeah, and you may may very well be right on that. Uh, the the one good thing I'll say about or the good thing for Nebraska about Minnesota's defense is Tyler. You talk about them giving up a lot of sacks. They also don't put a lot of pressure in the backfield. They are 119th in the country in tackles for loss. And they are 65th in sacks per game. So they're, they're not a team that's going to put, that doesn't tend to put a lot of pressure on you. So I'm hoping maybe that helps the offense a little bit too. Well, well, well so, so I'm sorry, before we get into the, whatever we do next, you know, you know, just, Justin does a really good job on this podcast, if you listen, of probably letting me and Derek banter a little bit. But Justin is the one on this podcast that really, really thinks that we're going to struggle on Saturday. I I think he's the one. So, Justin, why do you think Nebraska is going to struggle on Saturday? Oh, it's our offense. Our offense is atrocious. Our offense is terrible. Anytime that Nebraska faces anything of a decent defense or a good defense – uh, they can't score any points. We, we just talked about the 50-50 ball of the offense. Three games, South Alabama, Ohio State, Northwestern, nothing on offense. Uh, what did we have? We had like 35 points scored total over those three games, Something, whatever it is, 13, 7, and 14. Uh, three games we look good against Northern Illinois, Illinois. Everybody looks good against Illinois, though. Uh, and everybody looks good against Northern Illinois. Uh, Colorado, yeah, that, that was a pretty impressive uh, win. But, guys, our offense is just terrible. That's what scares me. I don't know if we can score enough points to uh, outscore Minnesota here in this one. 
And with with what Minnesota has as their passing efficiency, I mean, Tanner Morgan, we, we talked about it. He's just, he's rock solid. He's up there with like uh, the names of Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. And uh, I can't remember who the other one Joe is. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. There you go. Uh, he's with those names for passing efficiency this year. The the receivers that they have. I mean, this is a good team that we're facing. And our defense has played pretty darn good for the most part. But you know what? Even against Colorado, where they had a great quarterback and uh, or really good quarterback and some good wide receivers, I mean, they got the better of Nebraska. And I think our defense, this is a game that our defense could be out there for, for a while uh, be, just because our offense just sucks. Uh, you know, had the, having the conversation about is Noah Vedral a better quarterback than Martinez? The answer is no. Vedral did what he was asked to do, so he looked, he was serviceable in that part. But I'm not headed into this game thinking that Noah Vedral is like, oh, wow, we have an advantage all of a sudden. I don't, I'm not even thinking that with Adrian Martinez at the helm. Uh, damn sure I'm not going to think about it with Vedral. So that scares me there. Uh, you take J.D. Spielman out, that, that leaves us with one wide receiver. We have one wide receiver with Wandale Robinson. Nobody else. You can't count on anybody else. Uh, and then Wandale can't do it all. We need him to do play running back also because... Maurice Washington goes on hiatus. Who else are you going to put it? Diedrich Mills. He's he's fine. He's fine, but he's not. He's not. He's not a game breaker. I mean, this offense has as few of game breakers as I can remember. I mean, there's a lot of potential on paper, but what we've seen so far in 2019 has been utterly disappointing. Completely disappointing for a Scott Frost offense we always question what scott frost is doing with play calling nobody knows they talk about player development there's no player development that is visibly or that's obvious out there they're not putting the backups in i don't know what the hell's going on this year so i don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling headed into this minnesota game at all just based off of what we've seen through six games so am i a pessimist yeah i try not to be a pessimist too much on the show but yeah, it's it's aggravating. It is completely aggravating. And I don't know where all this false hope is. It was like, oh yeah, Scott Frost offense. He's a great offensive coordinator. He, he was one time. He was one time, but he hasn't proven it here at Nebraska. This coaching staff hasn't shown that they can prove anything yet. So that's where I'm coming from. Are you happy, Tyler? Yes, I am. Derek, I, do you want to go first or you want me to? Well, I, I will say this. Just back to Minnesota for a minute. Everybody talks about their defense being so improved. You realize the best offense they've faced is Fresno State. They're, the offenses they have faced rank in total in total offense rank 68th, 128th, 101st, and 103rd. So, yes, their defense has shut down some of these teams. But Nebraska's basically tied with Fresno State, and they scored a bunch of points on them. So I okay. I, th- I think that Nebraska can score points. I think our offense has ever been as good as Nor- as Fresno State's is, and I think that we will score some points on on Minnesota's defense because they have not been tested either. Nothing nothing on Minnesota has really been tested. Justin, you you, you we talked about this a little bit before, and we don't need to get into it. But maybe the most impressive win that uh, Minnesota has is South Dakota State. That's an FCS school. That might be their most impressive win, though. 
Okay. May Fair. I, 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 I probably I, – I still think Illinois would beat them, but that's why. But, Justin, you kind of talked about the Colorado game. And, and I, I do think that Colorado is a pretty um, – you know, they're, they're a pretty comparable team to what we're going to see on Saturday. So uh, Colorado is 85th in the country in rushing. Minnesota is a little bit better at 57th. Uh, they both throw the ball, you know. They, they Colorado's a little bit better passing, um, not good as pass efficiency. So, so you look at that. Nebraska defense played lights out three quarters of that game. I, I again, I'm not saying we're gonna play that well. I'm not gonna say we're gonna play lights out three quarters of this game and hold them to seven points. But guys, I was in Boulder. That was a warm game. The conditioning, you could feel it. This is going to be a different game. You would expect the conditioning not to be the factor in the letdown. I, They're going to score a few points, but I, I don't see our defense dying, and I think we match up well. I, If you told me, gun to my head, who has better wide receivers, Colorado or Minnesota? Justin, I'll ask you that. Who has better wide receivers, Colorado or Minnesota? I would, I would probably say Colorado, but I've seen – you know, I've seen them play a little bit more up front. I haven't seen a lot of Minnesota, but they're putting up some great numbers. And, and I and I get Tanner Morgan's been super efficient, but let's not forget a lot of that came from that Purdue game. He looked he had twenty one of twenty two completions. I mean, he was he was virtually perfect that game. I, I he threw three hundred fifty yards. They get a lot of this RPO, these huge plays on offense that really help his stats and his efficiency. Guys, I, I, I'm not sitting here saying our defense is going to win this game. It's going to be a shutout. It also wouldn't shock me if our defense really showed up. But um, at the end of the day, I, I I get that you're down on this offense, Justin. But to say that Scott Frost and company has done nothing, last year this offense was pretty damn good. Right? I mean, this offense was pretty damn good last year. What happened? They what had happened? Seven or, they I'm had talking se- about 2019. I'm talking 2019. What are you seeing out of this team in 2019? It's almost to give you that hope. They had almost 700 yards against Illinois. They had a great game against Northern Illinois. So you're going to say because against Ohio State and Northwestern, we struggle against two of the better defenses. I, I, I just you're. It's an asinine take. Okay, that that's fine. That's. That is your opinion, but my opinion is that this offense does not look very good. I mean, if you think that it's really good and they just kind of stub their toe against two teams, then you're a homer, man. You are straight up a homer. You're not being honest with yourself. Is you're this not being o- honest with yourself. Is this offense good? Is this the best offense in the country? No. Is this offense really, really good? No. Is this offense <laughs> this terrible shit pile that you make it out to be? No, it's not that bad. There's no stat that backs that up. We we score almost as many points as the as uh, Minnesota does. Three ga- three games this year, we've had fourteen or less offensive points. Three games or three games, and two of those games were against top twenty five defenses. And then there's uh, South Alabama. Okay. So, so you're gonna say the reason why we can't beat Minnesota is because South Alabama, but yet no, no. You, what but, I'm but, saying but is yet, Minnesota still has. What do they have? They have a top 35 defense w- 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 total defense. What are they, Derek? You you know all the stats. Total defense. Let me get my paperback out. Jeez, they're top. You said they're tw- top 20 defense. They're 28th no, in the defense. The total defense is 68th in scoring defense. 
Okay. Okay, I mean, so, I... I, so I, I, if that's your argument there, that this top 28 defense isn't... Who gives up more points than Nebraska does. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get into our score predictions here in a second, but we got to move on, guys. Uh, it's the games of the week. Uh, these games are picked straight up. Tyler, give us the updated standings. Okay, flip to the right page here. Um, so last week... Um, you know, we, we we all missed on the UCF game. And Justin, you had a really rough week going three and three. Derek, great week going five and one, and I went four and two. Which brings the standings for the year at a tie for second between Justin and Derek at twenty six and ten. And I'm uh, in first at twenty nine and nine. So I did a little bit less research this week to give you guys a chance. Derek it does his math check out. Don't t- don't trust the accountant. <laughs> Sounds like it does. I, I didn't listen too closely, but it sounded like it did. <laughs> All right. Uh, game number one, uh, we have Michigan State at number eight, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 10.5-point favorites. Tyler? I, I like Wisconsin big in this game. I got Wisconsin. Derek? Uh, Justin, I talked to you a little bit about this earlier. Uh, if this was on a neutral site and Michigan State had not, not just got done pick, uh getting beat up by Ohio State and Wisconsin hadn't just had basically a bye week playing Kent State, I would pick Michigan State in this game. But before those reasons, I have to go Wisconsin. But I think it's a lot closer than what Tyler says because they have a better defense than Northwestern does. Northwestern shut down Wisconsin. And they have a better offense than Northwestern does. Northwestern should have scored 17 points on them had – uh, dipshit Fitzgerald not gone for two two-point conversions that they didn't convert. So they ended up scoring 15 instead of the 17. But at the end of the day, I think that as everybody likes to laugh at Michigan State's offense, they're still better than Northwestern's. All right, I almost picked Wisconsin as my best bet of the day, so I'm definitely taking Wisconsin. Uh, next game, uh, number seven, Florida at number five, LSU. LSU's 13.5-point favorites. Tyler. You know, it's funny. Florida always plays LSU tough. Florida's been up and down over recent years, and they always show up, whether it's in Baton Rouge um, or not. They always show up and play uh, LSU tough. But Joe Burrows is playing at a really high level right now. I, I think he gives him the edge over Florida. Dirk. Uh, LSU's basically coming off a of bye week after playing Utah State and hammering them. And. Florida's coming off a very emotional win over Auburn. I think they're a little hungover in this game. I think LSU comes out the win. Ooh, night night game in Baton Rouge, man. Uh, LSU, they win big. Number six, Oklahoma, 10.5-point favorites against Texas. And what are they calling it this year? Red, Rival- Red River Rivalry? Is, it, that's, is that what it still is? Can't call it shootout? Probably, probably it. Red River Hold My Hand. I don't know. Red River, do not do the, you know. No horns down. Horns down. No horns no down. No horns down. Yeah, there you go. Tyler? Well, there may no be no horns down on the sideline, but there'll be horns down on the field because Oklahoma's going to win this game easily. Derek? I agree. Texas has the number 126 pass defense in the country, giving up 325 yards a game. Jalen Hurts will have over 400 yards passing in this game, and Oklahoma will crush these guys. I believe it. I got Oklahoma as well. Game number four, guys. 
Number 10, Penn State. Four-point favorites at number 17, Iowa. This is probably the toughest game of the weekend to pick for me. I mean, the LSU floor was pretty tough, but this this was probably number one. Uh, you know, Penn State's playing at, at an unreal level right now. I They're shocking me quite a bit. I You know, I didn't think their offense was going to be so good losing – you know their their four year starter, but they have been great. Um, I got Penn State at a narrow victory at Iowa. Derek, uh, Michigan State Wisconsin was obviously my toughest game to pick, but I, I disagree, Tyler. I think Penn State has a better defense than Michigan, so I think they will shut down Iowa's offense, which is mediocre against good defenses. And I don't think their defense is enough to shut down Penn State. I think Penn State wins this game pretty big. I like Penn State to cover as well. I was really disappointed in what I saw from Iowa. Picked Iowa last week to pull off the upset, and damn it, uh, damn turnovers. All right, uh, number one, Alabama, 16.5-point favorites at number 24, Texas A&M. Tyler? You know, A&M played really close at Clemson. Um, I, I don't know how good Clemson is. It's at College Station. We've talked in lengths. I think College Station is one of the tougher home fields, but – I think this game's going to be close. I don't know. I won't bet on it, but I, I, hey, Alabama will win this game on the road. Derek. Alabama will win. They are struggling with some injuries as well. They got one of their best linebackers out hurt. I think they got a wide receiver out hurt. Uh, they have struggled with some injuries this year, but Alabama's still just too deep. They'll beat A&M. I'm not going to say A&M's even a good team, yet alone a top 25 team. Why are they a top 25 team? My God, it's just because they're in the SEC. That's the only reason. They're a top 25 team. They are the most With, overrated team in the top 25. It's nuts. Well, just, just to put it in perspective, if their three wins were the three wins that they have right now and they were still in the Big 12, they would be a laughing stock and nobody would ever even think about voting for them in the top 25. Well, I mean, their three wins, I mean... Jeez, you guys mocked me with you know that's those are three wins that Minnesota could have you know. Well, it's about, <laughs> it's about equivalent of bad. teams. I mean, yeah, but anyway, I, I think well, Alabama rolls. They're, even though they're going on the road, I think they cover. Speaking of covering, my favorite segment, uh, best bets. Uh, Tyler, give us the updated standings. Well, Derek, you're three, two, and one, so still still technically a winning record. I am now two and four thanks to a garbage touchdown with thirty seconds left by ECU. Thank you for that. And Justin, I, I had a I, I tried to get a calculator and a spreadsheet to figure out yours. I kind of been all over the place. But but I think I'm reading this right and you're O and six. Is is that, that right? That that can't be right. You would think it can't be right. Can't if you flip right. a you would yeah. think you'd get one bet. This is the best bet of the week, not your shittiest bet of the week. Let's change. Let's what, get, get the look, segment o, right. 0-6 is equally as impressive <laughs> as going 6-0, and o, okay? But I tell you what, you know what? It, it, it's good that uh, – no, it's not good. There's nothing good about it. But people are getting blasted all over for best bets all over. Uh, it's just not a good year betting. I – I'm sucking this year. I, I really am. I don't know how you guys are faring. Well, but I t- I t- this t- has been a challenge this year. I'll tell you this much: when Penn or when uh, Penn State went up twenty-eight nothing on Purdue, I thought it was in the bag. I thought, oh my god, they're going to run away with this. They might win by sixty. And holy shit, they forgot how to score. 
They finally scored a late touchdown in the fourth quarter to get, take it back to the 28 points that they had to cover. So I ended up pushing off that. But, geez, they, in the first half, when they went to halftime, they were up 28 nothing. I thought it was easy. I thought it was going to be easy money. So I guess after hearing all the numbers, I guess if our listeners want to make any money, just go the opposite of all of us, right? Especially me. Especially the last three weeks, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's let's throw out a winner this time, Tyler. You know, I I kind of bridge over this, but I'm going to go Wisconsin as my best bet of the weekend. Uh, I'm on a different plane as Derek on this one. I, I am not buying Michigan State. Wisconsin essentially had a bye week with Kent State. Okay. I, I am not convinced that Michigan State's defense is really that legit. They've given up over 30 points or near 30 points to Indiana. They gave up over 30 points against Wisconsin, uh, Ohio State. I, I just I think there's going to be gaps in that game, and I got Wisconsin. If Justin picks Wisconsin too, I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> I am laughing because I said to Derek right before we hit record that I like that Wisconsin game. I, no! So I, I don't want to give you the... No, I, 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 I'm not going, going to go with it, but... Uh, yeah, you got the kiss of death, dude. I almost picked it. Derek? I, I'm going with Penn State. I think Penn State wins easily at Iowa. I understand it's on the road, but being on the road has not affected Penn State once at all this year. Uh, they, they just they, they look legit, guys. I think they're the better team. I think they're the only teams that are going to be able to compete with uh, Ohio State at this point, and Iowa's just not there. I think I think Penn State wins by probably two touchdowns. So I'll take the minus four and a half that they're favored by. I like, bo- I like both of your picks. I truly do. Uh, me, I live in Texas, so I'm going to help out all these Texas people down here. They're good people for the most part. But I'm taking Oklahoma as my best bet. I think Oklahoma... I really think that they're going to destroy Texas. But now that I'm 0-6 in best bets, Texas is probably going to pull off the upset. <laughs> only because I'm taking Oklahoma. But, my God. Guys, Oklahoma should kill them, right? You would think, really so. Should, right? think so. Texas' defense is terrible. It, it, just for all of our listeners, just so you know, we put real money on this. So before yeah. you mock us, like yeah. none of us are rich people here. Like This, this hurts. This hurts hey, when we yeah. suck. We're even, yeah. We're more poor after this segment, so we're gonna. We may have to scrap it. Uh, we'll see how we go. I, I like all these picks, guys. I have a really strong feeling that at least one of these is going to hit. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get to their score prediction contest. Tyler, what's your score prediction for the Nebraska Minnesota game? Minnesota seven and a half point favorites. You know this. This was the toughest. Uh pick score prediction that we've had all year for me um because i don't know what we're bringing on the field on the offensive side i don't know who's starting a quarterback i don't know if jd spielman's playing all the points we already mentioned but ultimately i think we get a little bit of luck with some of the people playing i think mo washington comes back and he's re-engaged i think nebraska wins 31 to 28 Derek, i'm not too far off from you i I agree. I think Nebraska, I, I think Mobile Washington comes back healthy as he only carried the ball five times last week. I think he ends up being the offensive MVP of this game. Uh, I think there'll be some. you'll see some screen passes towards his way and he'll make some move in the open space like he tends to do really well. Uh, I got Nebraska going 34-30. to 30. 
I want to remind you guys that uh, I am winning the score prediction contest this year. And uh, that is one thing that I am pretty good at. I still don't like the Nebraska offense in this game, especially going on the road. The cold weather scares the shit out of me, as I said. I think snaps could be a big problem. Cam Jurgens is already a liability when he, when he can get a good snap or a good handle on the ball. A slick ball gives me no... Uh, it doesn't give me any confidence whatsoever. I uh, accompany that with uh, pairing it against a decent defense that Minnesota has. I think Nebraska falls short in this game. And by falls, sh- falls short, I mean Nebraska loses 31-17. to 17. So that's my score prediction. Boo. I know. That's the only game we disagreed on. Okay. Well, so Justin good. Justin will be in last place like he belongs <laughs> in another predict in another pool. So <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. Hey, look guys, just because I'm picking against Nebraska in this game does not mean that I'm not rooting for Nebraska. Uh, because I will probably bet Nebraska when uh, Oh, don't you dare. God, no. It. Don't you dare. <laughs> I will probably bet Nebraska. Give me those seven and a half points. I will drive down to Texas and kick you in the balls. <laughs> I, again, and Justin, and if Mo Washington's not a factor in JD and Martinez, you might be right. But I'll tell you this though: I'm going to go the other way. If all three of those guys are healthy enough to play, I could see us putting up over 40 points on them. So I would love I, to see it. I, 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 we, I mean, it's it, yeah. So I, I, it will be very interesting to see who takes the field on Saturday. Well, it, it will do. It will go a long way with Husker fans and me to see this Nebraska offense explode against a good defense. We haven't seen it this year. We have not exploded against a good defense at all. So, But are they good? If they can do that. They haven't faced a de- even a really a decent offense yet. Hey, we'll find out, man. And so so with that being said, if we only score 14 to 17 points against this defense, I mean, what what is that going to do to your your thought process there? I mean, it's We're going to have a fun bye week conversation. Well, yeah. Or a, re- or a really drunk one. I don't know which way, but I kind of wish this bye week was this week, though. I really do. I think we need it more now than what we will next week. But I, I mean, I agree. you, you do realize 100%. that they gave up thirty-two points to the number one hundred twenty-eighth offense in the country. That's fine. I mean, dude, they're they're, they're five and zero. I mean, I, I they're, sure they're five I, I don't and know what to but... say. Let's not call our defense great when they're giving up 32 points to Georgia Southern, who is the 128th, one of the worst offenses in the country. Let's let's I mean, let's not call them gold yet. I didn't see the game, so I don't know how that. I mean, do those points come all in the fourth quarter? I don't know. But uh, let, let's uh, let's get to last call and get out of here, guys. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to one Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, we talked about in length, has had a great season. Um, uh, one of the first NFL mock drafts has come out by from CBS Sports, and they have him picked as the 17th pick overall in the first round. Well, I think that's a little bit high, and I don't think he'll actually go in the first round unless his performance gets a little bit better. I just think it's kudos for a kid that came to Nebraska and did it the right way. He stuck it through when he didn't have to. Um, and he's played overall. He's arguably been our best defensive player of the year. Um, kudos to you, Lamar, and I hope you make that big box in the NFL. Absolutely. You know, 
but I'm with you, Ty. I don't, I don't see him being a first-round pick, yellow number 17 overall. Nothing against the kid, but he, he's kind of hit and miss. He, he plays some really good games, and he plays some games where it's a little mediocre. I'm not sure he's consistent enough to be a top uh, number one or first-round draft pick, but I hope he is. Hey, he's a big-bodied cornerback. Uh, savior of the Northwestern game. I'm telling you, that interception was huge. Uh, good for him, man. Uh, I like it. Last call to you, Derek. All right. So I'm sure as most people have heard, John Gruden has been fired at Washington. And Jay to, Gruden. Jay Gruden. I'm sorry. Jay Gruden. You're right. Uh, but to take his place is good old Bill Callahan. So I'm not sure if their owners know what they just got themselves into, but they're probably going to end up going 0 for 16 while while Miami's actually trying to go 0 for 16. So apparently they just need to follow Washington's. Hey, somebody has to win in this game. Uh, This game will be – I'm not going to watch. I don't care. Uh, Go ahead, Tyler. Wait, they're playing Miami this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Oh God! I think I might bet Miami. That so, might be. But can I make that my best bet? I'll bet I, against I Bill Callahan I don't even any know what day. The line is. I'm, uh, so, okay, last call to me. And my last call. It's going out to Kansas for having the balls to bring bring in Snoop Dogg, who brought in pole dancers and a fake money gun to a preseason basketball event at Kansas, uh, when Kansas already faces five NCAA violations to include lack of institutional control. Think about that for a second. And then they had to apologize and say they had no idea what the hell was going to happen. Kansas, what are you doing? It's freaking Snoop Dogg. I mean, what do you think he's going to be? This this isn't Taylor Swift. I mean, my God, what do you think is going to happen when you bring him to a Late night event on the weekend. My God, Tyler. Well, I just think they're they're thinking that they're gonna sit back and sip on some gin and juice. Ooh, laid laid back. back. They're probably lucky he didn't turn the court into a green room and sit and smoke some of that endo that he likes to smoke smoke while he's doing that gin and juice. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did it there in the auditorium. I, I would not be either. Like. Yeah, what are you thinking? Like the guy's open, very open about his dope smoking, and I, I Snoop Dogg has never hid behind a cover of anything. He has always been himself. He has always been who he is. And so for Kansas to come out and say they were surprised at what happened, shut up, uh, shut up. You weren't surprised. Like- so you, some people started talking about being offended, and you decided, oh, we're already in trouble with the NCAA. Maybe we got to apologize for this. This was terrible on Kansas. I don't know what they were thinking. Lack of institutional control. Great representation. I mean, I'm pretty sure that NCAA violation is going to stick on that one. The, 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 the only person they could have brought in that's probably more out of control than Snoop Dogg would have been Eminem. Like, really? I don't know. Willie Nelson, he smokes some mad weed, I'm too. just talking about being out of control, though. I mean, they're supposed they're, they're talking about have an institutional control, and then you bring in one of the most uncontrollable guys in the country. I'll tell you this, guys. If, if there's one thing you never want to do, and I, I don't know this firsthand, the one thing I never want to do is smoke weed with Snoop Dogg. I bet you that weed will mess you up and make you think you're a chicken. 
<laughs> the only thing they could have done maybe worse to really piss people off in the Midwest is maybe bring Colin Kaepernick in to to entertain people. <laughs> and on that note. And on that note, special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Please delete that last part out. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next week as we recap Minnesota and chat with a special guest during the bye week. See you then, and as always, go Big Red. Yeah.